Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight, by the way. Uh, yeah, I was doing stuff yesterday, and prior, uh, primarily uh, up north helping a friend move to the new location. Yeah. So, therefore, there was no internet yesterday for me to do anything with. And bright and early in the morning when we were about to do uh, said, uh, you know, show, uh-huh. uh, all of a sudden, because I have a portable internet unit. You have all uh-huh. these gadgets, Bill. You, you are, you're like uh, um, very high tech. You know, you know the actually the thing that I think I'm most proud of and I haven't used yet. Uh huh. This microphone boom has a little, you know, has a little gimbal thing that yes. holds it's a stand a type cell thing. phone. Yeah. yeah, that holds your cell phone or whatever else. Right. So I was sitting there going, I have all these gadgets. I'm going, you know, and I've done a show. Yeah. Basically off that phone, and you can plug into it with a, a little unit. In other words. This thing would go into a cigar box. If I told your friends that what he's doing right now, 20 years ago, uh, absolutely impossible. And uh, if you could connect uh, in broadcast quality 20 years ago, it would cost you like, like about $100 an hour. you know. And now it's uh, something that can be yeah. done on the Internet. How things have changed. A lot of things are happening, Bill. Have you been uh, paying attention to the news? Yeah, I have. And I got some observations, too. You know, I mean, one of them is a major observation because, you know, you Mm -hmm. see all these challenges in the Constitution going on. And, um, you know, I realized that, um, you know, something has changed in America, has to do with immigration, but not the border crisis that is terrible that we're talking about. We actually let go of something a long time ago. And, you know, you look around and you go, well, this is great. You know, we have, we're, we're a nation of immigrants. We always have been. Right. You know? And so, the, you know, in a way, the border was open to where you were invited to come in, but you were vetted. Absolutely. So in other words, when you came in, you had to be sponsored. You had to pledge your allegiance to this country. It was even in movies oh, yeah. and fodder for a long time. I remember on the news as a kid growing up, well, today, 120 people were sworn in as citizens of the United States. They passed a test. They had to understand what democracy was. You can't just sit there and want the American dream and want the benefits. You have to sit there and be an active participant in what they called the great experiment, this nation of ours. We threw that away a long time ago. And when we threw that away, you know, we let people come in and say, yeah, I want to be American, and they become American, and they get everything, and they get all the bennies to go with it. It used to be that when you came in, you know, uh, I was I didn't know that, but you could even, when you came in, you will not take welfare. In other words, you're not going to go there and be a ward of the state right away. Now, I think if you come here and something bad happens to you, you deserve it. The last in my family immigrant to come into this country mm-hmm. was my grandmother. On my mother's side, she came here in 1900. She came alone. She was 22 years old. She came from Ireland. And, Bill, when she got here, she got to New York City, and because she was alone, they wouldn't let her in. They they sent her over to a dormitory complex uh, on on another island, and and I think the building is still there. I think it's actually a museum now. But... um, and she was quarantined for two weeks, not because she was sick, but because she didn't have mm-hmm. a chaperone and nobody was there to greet her. And they weren't about to let a 22-year-old, think about this, 22 years old, trying to stop a 22-year-old adult from getting into the country today. Heck, they're letting in five-year-olds right now with uh, no vetting. And here's the thing. Finally, somebody came down from uh, Fall River, Massachusetts. That's where she was going. Someone came down on a train, and they met her, and then escorted her back. Sponsored her, yes. But that was how it was done, and that was nineteen hundred bill. Nineteen hundred. You had to not only be sponsored, you know, uh, here, but you had a probation time. Now let's use her as a point to 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 shore up what I'm trying to explain to people, because what she went through would be very scary. You know, you're here in a new place all alone. Right. You want the comforts of your home. So let's just say, you know, before you had to really want to come here and have what we want and want to, to live that American dream. And you needed to understand what it was about and all the principles to it. 
you know, which we quit teaching in school. We quit asking for it. And so therefore we've gotten to where we were, but let's look at Russia back when the, the wall fell and then you had all these Russian immigrants that came over here and they came to America, but they, they didn't have to go through all that. They were welcome here, but they were used to life under the mushroom. And because they couldn't, they didn't understand. It was hard for them to adapt. They went back to communist Russia. They said, it's nice, but I can't do this. So now you've got a generation of people that are coming here going, yeah, I want the American dream and all this. But just like when you move to a new house, like I'm helping somebody, you know, be here and say, yeah, we'll get moved in. We got it all set up. We came in here and set up house as the way that, you know, she wanted it. I, you know, said, yeah, this is, this is, this is you. This is how, you know, this is you. Yeah. Right. And whereas if you're allowed to come into the United States and say, okay, um, you want our dreams, you want all the, all the perks that go along with it, but you still want to be, you know, you have you to become to one of us actually is what you're saying. You're, yeah. You have yeah. to become a, a part of the fabric of this nation. Yeah. Otherwise we're, if we sit there and cobble together, other things, Phil, all you got is a pot of chaos, and that's where we are today. Right now we have uh, a sea of people moving towards our country again. They say it's between eight and 15,000. Uh, I've heard people say that those are low estimates. Try like 20, 25,000 people, and they're walking towards our country. Some of them have flags of Venezuela. Some of them have flags of Cuba. They're, I didn't see any American flags. Now, maybe they're there, and I just no, didn't see them. They fly their own flags. You know, the the, the place in Belmont where we were, you know, right. Belmont, Cambridge there. Mm -hmm. You know, I saw Turkish flags, you know, flying from homes and stuff. And I'm like going, wait a minute, this is America. Now, I don't, you know, I don't mind the fact that, you know, you, you have a, a heartfelt loyalty to where you came from. That was where you grow up, grew up. This is America. It's like if I go to Turkey, I've got to abide by their traditions and laws, and that's it. I can't go in there and say, well, I'm here now, and uh, Mr. Knight doesn't like it this way. He grew up in America, and by God, we're going to do our American traditions and, and everything. No. Maybe in my household, I can sit there and honor my traditions, but I have to assimilate into that collective nation there. Mm-hmm. You're having some drag on the, uh, the the line, but that's okay. We we can right. we can live with it, my friend. Um, uh, and when I say drag, uh, some network interference. Artifact. Yeah, exactly. But it's okay, uh, Bill. You know you, what you're saying is very true. Uh, you know, my other ancestors who got here before my last ancestor, they got here like uh, around 1850. And uh, some came during the Civil War, and those who came during the Civil War, the men, they would come down the gangplanks in New York and be met at the bottom of the gangplank by recruiters. And the recruiters right. would say, look, at, uh, if you want to be a citizen in this country, uh, sign up here and enlist in the Army for a few years and fight for this country, and you'll be a citizen. A lot of them did. A lot of them became uh, members of, uh, of the Civil War units uh, that were fighting from New York like the the Fighting Irish yeah, and the 69th, uh, some of them fought at Gettysburg. I didn't find this out, by the way, until I did some serious checking of history. You know, history is not something which uh, immigrant families really paid much attention to because they were just fighting to live, if you know what I'm saying. They were just mm -hmm. trying to get the next meal, never mind uh, writing down history. My dad, who was a, a very, very smart guy, uh, went to Brown University and was a Phi Beta Kappa. Uh, he, all the all the the credentials you could expect from uh, a, a quote a smart guy. He didn't know a lot about his family history because they didn't pass it down. The young the immigrants who came to our country early on, they weren't. Uh, they were just trying to make ends meet and just trying to pay bills and make uh, make their family. Uh, live the next day, if you know what I'm saying. And uh, so, but the history is out there. And you can, by the way, if you're interested in history, you can do some checking and you'd be amazed at what you'll find uh, through yeah. historical records and things like that. But, but the country meant more to the immigrants of olden days than they seem to, it seems to be, right now it's like we're giving stuff away. It's like we're uh, 
were a jackpot. If you can get to the United States, you're going to get $2,500 a month. You're going to get uh, three meals a day that you don't have to worry about where it came from. You're going to get roof a roof over your head. And for some people, the roof over the head here is better than anything they had where they're coming from. You know, But it's not going to stay that way forever because if we keep doing things willy-nilly, how you do know, you, we're... Bill, how do you stop it? How do you well, stop it? Think about that's that. Where, that's where I hit the brick wall because have we passed the point of no return? And what we've got now is, um, uh, for lack of a better way of putting it, uh, you know, we're raping and pillaging our land. We're watching it before our very eyes. And those of us that have grown up respecting what we have, have we see it not slowly, but quickly diminishing, mm-hmm. you know, before our very eyes, because people are coming in here to where they haven't, they haven't been, they haven't pledged allegiance to this country. They don't really care about our values. They just want what we have. And then when they're done and they're like locusts coming in, uh, they'll just leave it. And we'll be sitting here with nothing. Yeah, I uh, I hear President Trump say it's not past the point of no return, that he can fix it. But I don't know how he can. We've got uh, 15 to 20 million strangers in our country now. Um, I don't know how you send them home. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't think you just bring them down to the border and dump them. Don't get me wrong. I think there's a civilized and diplomatic way of doing it. But uh, it's there's got to be an incentive. I was talking to somebody yesterday, and I said, you know, to get people to go back to where they came from, uh, I can see them saying, look, it, uh, uh, we're going to make it so that any any U.S. business that employs an illegal is subject to massive fines and maybe jail. I think you have to make it so there's no incentive for businesses to hire illegals in this country. Then you have mm-hmm. to say to the illegals, uh, as an incentive, we will fly you back to where you came from. It's a one-time free airfare, and we'll give you three months' income. You know, $7,500 for each person. We're giving them that now, right? We'll give you three months' income so that when you get home, you're not financially stuck. Uh, And and I think you have to do it that way. You just can't round them up because they're going to, people are not stupid. People are not stupid. They will find ways to hide. They will, they will, you know, dig deep and, and bury themselves down so you can't find them, especially those who got into this country. Through you know, uh, well the the gotaways, the ones who escaped, and we don't know where they are. You know, they're going to make it real. They're already making it hard to find them. They'll make it even harder. You know, um, mm-hmm. no, and, I agree. I mean, there should be penalties for, for all the way across the board, but there's there's not. You know, they say we're a nation of laws. We are, but they're really loopholes and workarounds. There, there's yeah. To me, a law should be, it should be just and absolute. And that's the way it is. Bill. You know, but right now, I thought there's I'd nothing st- finite about it. I thought I'd start the program off with something really strange. As if, as if all the news is You're going to take these your mask off and show, show them both that we're aliens? No, or no. everybody no. we're aliens? <laughs> no. Um, residents in Council Bluffs, Iowa heard a loud explosion On the 22nd, just before Christmas, authorities have no answers. They have no answers as to what caused the explosion. Here's the report that was on a local TV station in Council Bluffs. Listen. That's the explosion residents in Northeast Council Bluffs say they heard two nights ago. Roz, who says he doesn't want to be identified for his personal safety, says this footage he gave to 6 News captures the blast around 520 Wednesday evening. All of a sudden I heard this explosion and this concussion. It it rattled the house. A closer look at the footage, and you can see what appears to be a reflection of a fireball in this vehicle's windshield. Roz isn't the only one who told 6 News they witnessed it. I heard a a giant explosion. 16-year-old Grayson Newton says he was driving home when he saw a fireball around 15 to 20 feet above him. It's probably about this big. Make a loud noise when you saw it? It was super loud. And he says it shook his car a little bit. I thought it was a firework, but it wasn't, it didn't like explode or anything. Like it was just a ball of light. Newton says he was driving down this hill along Spencer Avenue when the explosion happened. So think about it for a second. They, they see a fireball. They hear a massive explosion sound, right? And nobody knows where it came from or what caused it. 
They have no idea what, what was the... They know the direction, right? They saw the flash, right? Yeah. They know where it came from. Has anybody gone to investigate? Do they, do they have any kind of air quality monitors, radiation monitors, anything to sit mm-hmm. there and say, what the hell went on? Bill, you would think they would have that, but uh, everybody's shaking their head like, I don't know where that came from. I don't know what caused that fireball. Something exploded out near Council Bluffs, Iowa, and people have no clue as to what it was. Is there any kind of military installation there? Munitions in, uh, placed there? Um, I would think I would think the the yes, there probably is something. You know, was there an accident? There could have been, but no one's saying that there was. You know, and I'm also thinking there could have been another uh, Chinese balloon flying over Iowa that they're not telling us about. Do you know? They had a follow-up to that Chinese balloon story a couple of days ago. They said uh, the the goal of the U.S. government during that whole thing was not to tell the people it was happening. They didn't want us to find out. It was by sheer luck that that reporter in Montana happened to happened spot to it, Yeah, and then he broke it, and then they couldn't hide it anymore. Hey, why was the government, if they knew it was going on, why weren't they doing anything about it then? And how long has it been going on? And who in the government knew? Mm-hmm. And how far back did they know? And why the hell are they still in government? Because, uh, well, I'll tell you, President Trump hits it right on the on the head. He was interviewed yesterday on, uh, I think it was Real America's News. Listen. So last night a young soldier was killed, U.S., and the two were very, very badly hurt. And nobody even talks about it. It's not even believable. They have 129 attacks or something like that on our troops in the Middle East, 129 over the last few weeks, and we don't even do anything about it. This president is incompetent. He has no clue, and he's probably a Manchurian candidate. He's probably totally compromised. You know, he accepts money from so many countries, so maybe he accepted money from these countries, so he doesn't want to do anything about it because they know more than any accountant is going to be able to find out. But he is a Manchurian candidate, and how can he allow? So we had a soldier killed last night. Two horrifically wounded, and that's going to be just the beginning of it. It's uh, they don't respect him, and they just are doing whatever they want to do. But now Iran, if you look at it, now Iran has two hundred billion dollars that they made on oil. Not to mention the six billion dollars, as you know, they made six billion dollars on the hostage deal, and they also made ten billion dollars on electricity to Iraq. 10 billion. But that's not even the big number. The big number is what they're making on the oil. Because all of these countries that weren't buying when I was president, they wouldn't have bought. There's no way they would have bought. And and they were literally down to being broke. They were broke. They had no money. In fact, there were a lot of big stories around that time, three, four years ago, that uh, these groups, these terror groups were breaking up because there was no money coming out of Iran. Yeah, wouldn't have happened. Okay, so uh, he says what uh, people are thinking uh, is this guy the Manchurian candidate? In the, if you saw the movie right. The Manchurian Candidate, he was a, a candidate who was planted, who was prepared by uh, the Chinese to be our president. Essentially, mm-hmm. he was he was brainwashed and uh, he was under their control. And a lot of people look at our current president. Think of what's happening now. We we're just talking about the border bill. The border mm-hmm. is under attack by all these uh, these immigrants that are, that are just walking I mean if you saw the videotape folks it's like a sea of humanity walking towards our our border and uh, while this is happening the other visual is that Joe Biden is sitting on a beach in the Virgin Islands under an umbrella uh, just staring out at the ocean and enjoying the sun and ignoring everything and that's what's happening in our country right now we don't have anybody driving the bus we have nobody yeah. paying attention to where we're going this guy who well, is, he, you know, the fact that he's actually running for re-election, Bill, the fact that he thinks with all the damage that he's done to our country that it's okay, I'm going to still run again and I'll win. You know? Well, you know, I mean, there are those that say, and uh, you know how I have a connection, but uh, there are those that say the guy that's running the nation, hey, Joe, actually, right now, the guy that seems to have be in power, if you can believe this, is uh, An- Anthony Blinken, Tony Blinken. Hey, how about this, Bill? When have you ever heard of a country 
going to a neighboring country to negotiate how to handle their own border. Think about it for a second. Exactly. Uh, I mean, we have our border. It's the U.S. border. So what does Blinken, uh, representing Biden, do? He has to fly down to Mexico to negotiate how to handle the border. Under a strong pro-American government, they would say, no, no, I don't care what you do in Mexico. You know, people going into Mexico, that's your border. You come into the United States, you're going home. You know, this is our border. We protect this border and we protect our people. This administration has abdicated. They've thrown up their hands and they've done it intentionally, folks. It's a plan. Don't think for one second it's that they don't know what to do because all they had to do was leave it alone and continue building the wall and the protection would have been there. Mm -hmm. But instead, they tore the wall down. They shipped all the parts that they hadn't used and I think they had them destroyed, didn't they, Bill? They had remember they had uh, sections of the wall that they hadn't put up yet. They scrapped it. They, they scrapped, scrapped it. Yeah, and, and they sold it for pennies on the dollar. Yeah. And now they go, well, we got to build another wall because Trump didn't do it right. No, you screwed it up. And yep. your Manchurian candidate. Now it's interesting because you know this uh, challenge to the Constitution here that uh, Trump can be allowed to run because of uh, you know the Fourteenth Amendment, Article Three. Well, let me explain to you something. Uh, there never was an insurrection because, you know, it was called an insurrection, but there's a lot of debate and question about it. And Trump was never charged. So therefore, you cannot sit right. there and hold him accountable for anything. No. And even Democrats are admitting, going, yeah, you know what, that really is a push. But it is interesting because now Maine has got that up for, you know, the secretary of state there uh, going to decide whether Maine is going to take Trump off the ballot. OK, now, what, what's the lady's name? Uh, Shanna Bellows, anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, is going to rule on that. But there's another catcher, Manchurian candidate. Think of that now. And they're also ruling on the 14th Amendment and the 22nd Amendment. Well, how does that apply to Trump? Well, because the 22nd Amendment was basically written like Eleanor, or not Eleanor, well, actually she ran the company, but uh, Roosevelt, when he was going. Right. Fourth term, fourth term. Yeah. And we're going, you know, two terms, that's it. So they're using that on Trump saying, well, you know, and see, here's the key words. You know, they're saying if you you can only be a president for two terms or one term if someone else is in office and you're acting as president. And the, the, we refer to uh, Donald Trump as President Trump. So what you're saying so is saying this saying that some people this this saying some people think of Trump as president now and because of that. He's disqualified for a next another term. Yeah, but now you've got Biden. See now, wow. the, it also it also excludes the rule when they enact it of the current president, which means the current president that's in office is exempt from that rule. Well, uh, I think that, that I think that the left is desperate. The woke left is is desperate, and I think you're going to see a lot of strange things. You heard Michigan. The Supreme Court in Michigan, which is no friend to Trump's, uh, actually struck down an attempt to have him written off their ballot. He, they said it's it's not legal, and we're not even going to entertain arguments. It's not going to happen in Michigan. So uh, Michigan did the right thing, or may probably begrudgingly, but they did it. And um, I still think Colorado is going to be reversed when it hits the Supreme Court. And that's the other thing. If the Supreme Court of the U.S. was really paying attention to what's happening in our country with all these states trying to challenge Trump, uh, they would jump on this case, the Colorado case, immediately. They would rule on it in such a way that they said to all of the states, stop this nonsense, quit trying to interfere with uh, Trump's election and the 2024 elections, and just go on with your lives. But uh, what's happened is because of what happened in Colorado— all of these activists in other states feel emboldened to uh, go out and try to do it in their own states. And, and it's, it's, cause, it's election interference, pure and simple. Speaking of inter right. interference, Bill, um, okay. I want you to think for a second. All right. Uh, it's uh, a couple of days after Christmas. 
A lot of people are traveling this week. They're going on vacations, or some people are going for late Christmas celebrations because this week does that. You know, they'll have a Christmas at their house, and then they're going to go to Grandma's house, and they're going to have another Christmas like on the 29th or 30th. A lot of families do stuff like that. It's like Christmas week. It's a celebration time. So you hop in your car. You're all packed up. You got your gifts. You're going to go see family, and you head off to JFK, and you're, you're driving along, and life is good, and all of a sudden— my goodness, all the cars are stopping. Well, I wonder why we got to catch a plane in about an hour, and we got to get there. Can you move around this? No, the whole the whole road is blocked. And 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 why why is the whole road blocked? Because people are doing this. You know, and it took forever. It took forever, from what I understand, for the for the uh, Port Authority police to come and, and to remove them. When they got there, they did, to their credit, arrest a lot of them. But uh, it took like an hour. So a lot of people who were stuck in that traffic at JFK, they missed their planes. And there was, there's probably no well, booking another plane. They talk about America and colonization. You know, well, you know the, we, we got to do away with that. We're being colonized by people that have come here by what we talked about at the front of the show that have not vetted into this country, but they want to take what they believe and colonize us and overthrow and take us. And that's what you see going on. Those airlines, they're going to say they're not responsible for your delay and they're going to charge you extra for it too. So well, uh, that's just the way it works there. Well, you know, I, I would have been furious. And, you know, the thing that gets me is when I was a younger man, um, mm-hmm. if this had happened at an airport like JFK, they wouldn't have been polite, the police. They would have been there with billy billy clubs. They would have dragged them seriously. And people say, well, that's so brutal. Oh, that's so terrible. Let me ask you a question. Don't you think that what they were doing, they weren't protesting and they weren't trying to win anybody over with their with their cause? Because if you're blocking people from getting to their airplane, that's not a, a, a an action that's going to make them sympathetic to your movement. People are going to get ticked off, and that's what happened mm-hmm. yesterday. So, uh, but they're antagonizing. Is that not an act of terrorism? Think about it for a second. Is not the act of blocking people from getting to airplanes for whatever reason. Some people, by the way, were, were going there for reasons other than vacation. They may have been going on business. They may have been going to a funeral. There's so many other reasons why they were going that they missed their plane. They might have been going there for a diplomatic reason. Yeah. Uh, they were blocked by these rude, uh, vicious, and I believe terrorists. Because what they, yeah. It was a terrorist act. Well, you it's know. a provocation. They are trying to draw fire because when... They do that. Then that gives them all the excuse they need to let all hell break loose. And I think everybody around now has this feeling of, uh, the, you know, waiting for the shoe to fall. When's, when's that shoe going to fall? Yeah. And even even on CBS, there was uh, Catherine Herridge that was talking about oh, the yeah. black swan effect. Yep. You know, the black swan effect is basically the unknown. Yep. It, can be, it can be interpreted in love. You know, the love that you don't know is out there. But it can also be interpreted, and was the meaning of it, it is that unknown dark force that's out there that is something very bad and very evil about to happen, and there's not a damn thing that you can do about it. And everybody is saying, she was saying on CBS News, a left-wing outlet, that is sitting and going, yeah, 2024 is going to be the time. Well, here you are talking about an airport thing, it doesn't matter where the, you know, it only takes a spark to get a fire going. Yeah. And they're sparking all over the place. Sooner or later, something is going to ignite and blow up and become national. Well, it'll become citywide, statewide, nationwide. And and we're not talking about ZZ Top, you know, that it's bad and nationwide. Yeah. It's going to be evil and global. Catherine Herridge, uh, terrific reporter. When she was at Fox, she was great. And even at CBS, I think she's their best reporter. But when I heard that inter- interview on TV, uh, mm-hmm. I think it was yesterday, I turned to my right. wife and I said, you know, 
she uses the term black swan event, and I said most people who are watching haven't a clue what she's talking about. They should define it. So I went and actually did, I checked the definition. Uh, I do that a lot. When I, someone, uh, was I, I, I right with my well, definition being brief? What the definition of a black swan event is like a terrorist act or some kind of yeah. an event that in hindsight, in hindsight, we should have thought was coming or was obvious was obvious that, that that it was coming for example people come across the border military age people come across the border for no one no, no reason right and they disappear right. into our country and all of a sudden we find out hypothetically that there's a, a an enemy battalion in our country and they attack one of our bases i'm just using this as a hypothetical all right that's a black swan event it's a terrorist act that we should have know, known was coming because it was so obvious looking back in hindsight. Do you know? That's what, it, that's what it, in hindsight, when you look back at, uh, at 9-11, we should have been prepared for some kind of an attack like 9-11, but we were blindsided. We were mm -hmm. blindsided by 9-11, you know? Uh, we, 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 people, there were all kinds of signals that we missed. You know, there were we the CIA knew, for example, that there were uh, foreign nationals taking flight lessons at certain flight schools in Florida, and they weren't they were more concerned with takeoffs than landings. Seriously, they the the students were more prepared, more interested in how to get a plane off the ground and keep it in the air and fly it than worrying about landing the plane. Think about right. that for a second. Is that not a signal? But we missed it. And everybody at the school even sat there and said, well, this is kind of strange. But uh, you know, they were more worried about making the money from these yeah. guys yep. they, than anything else. Yep. Well, sometimes you got to question things. And if it deserves to be questioned, you know, question it. You know, that, that I think you have a job. So, you know, those, those flight instructors at school, mm -hmm. just as guilty as those guys were. You know, because you were more interested in lining your pocket and you helped give away, you know, part of our, our, our sacred values. And, you know, down came the towers. And, you know, did anybody uh, did anybody prosper from that? I mean, we lost families. Uh, we lost, uh, you know, we lost money on that. I mean, uh, we there are a lot of people and I'm not speaking out of school. It's a it's a theory that there's more to the actual destruction of those buildings than uh, we've, oh, yeah. been, we've been told. For example, a lot of people will say, well, what's this about Building 7? Why did that come down? That came down late in the afternoon for no apparent now, what reason. Was there? What was there? Uh, I forgot, Bill, but, if, but there was no apparent reason for it to come down. It wasn't covered with uh, rub, you know, uh, debris. It was... Uh, yeah, some of the debris hit the building, but it was still standing. Why did all of a sudden it weaken and collapse? Uh, I mean, that's I, that's never been, uh, you know, honestly answered by anybody. It's well, just know, it's, accepted. It wasn't the first time that they tried to bring down the towers either. I mean, there had been, you know. 1993, were, yeah. Yeah, there were attacks before. You know, that building was pretty much a fortress, and it took – a big plane to go in there yep. and basically hit at a certain place and, you know, filtered down to take out that building. That You know, I don't think, you know, that, uh, what was his name? I forget now. Uh, the, the guy that uh, was behind all of this, they say he was, he went to school to be an engineer. Osama bin Laden. So he, yeah, bin Laden, that's it. You know, I don't think it was just him. I think that he had help, and somebody sat there and said, you know, we want to bring that building down. Somebody somewhere that really did do all the math on that and was the explosive well, expert said, you got to fly this plane, you got to hit it right there, and that's what these guys trained to do. Uh, I'll never understand why he was allowed to live in his fortress in Pakistan for as long as he did without being uh, taken down. I mean, he was there for quite some time. And all of a sudden, uh, they decided to go in and get him at, uh, at some point. Uh, you know, another thing happened, Bill, over the weekend. Boston's Democratic mayor, Michelle Wu, was swatted on Christmas Day in what turned out bad. to be a, a nationwide swatting epidemic. Let me tell you who else was targeted. Republicans and conservative activists, including Marjorie Taylor Greene, Brandon right. Williams from New York, 
Jack uh, Posobiec and uh, the internet sensation otherwise known as Cat Turd. Uh, I don't know what his real name is. I don't know whether too many people do, but that's what he goes by. They were swatted. A Democratic former state senator in Nebraska was also swatted. So um, it seems like uh, swatting was... uh, it crossed uh, party lines over the holiday weekend, so uh, I thought that so was interesting. So what was that telling you? Was that, that is that a joke by somebody, or is that a message? Well, you know, Bill, it's it's hard to say nowadays. It's hard to tell what's what's humorous and and uh, what is uh, for real. Well, um, they say just like they say, like the black swan, hindsight is twenty twenty. So what are we missing? Oh boy, Bill, I think sometimes we're missing an awful lot. Um, did you see where President Trump thinks that Vivek is going to endorse him? Uh, he, he said, and this is President Trump speaking, quote, he will, I am sure, endorse me, uh, but Vivek is a good man and he's not done yet. So th- I, I almost wonder, is that a signal? Might he be a serious uh, pres- vice presidential uh, candidate uh, in, in the coming election, well, coming months? Think about it now. A lot of people like Vivek. But let's just let's just call it what it is. There uh, are people that say Vivek is a good guy, but uh, America's not ready for an Indian president. Well, He's if that's Indian, the right? case, uh, yeah. the, then what's the what's the deal with uh, uh, Nikki Haley? I mean, she's supposed to be number well, two. Well, I now. thought that too, but but you know what? She's not pushing that card, and they're kind of hiding that there. I, but I look Nikki Haley. She's got some skeletons in her closets and uh, or her closet, and she's also she's uh, she's got a hidden agenda, and it's pretty obvious. And she took advantage of Trump. Uh, she got uh, she got a nice couple of nice appointments, but she is she is she's downing him you know, at every chance I, that she can. I have. It's funny you should say that. You're right. She is not. Uh, 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 it doesn't appear that she's on Trump's side, but. When Trump is asked about Nikki Haley, when he has an opportunity to politically nail her, he doesn't. It, it, it's like he's kinder to her than she is to him. Uh, and I, I'm not sure whether that's a, a signal there, too. Maybe this is all part of a, a plan. But, you know, they're really promoting Nikki Haley. You hear him saying things like, well, she's now uh, overtaking DeSantis and posing a threat in, in states like Maine to President Trump, although Trump is ahead by 50 points. 50 These These people right. on the left are desperate, you know? Well, here's, here's, but here's why they have so much voice. See, you're going, hey, they're on, on the left. They're desperate. They're throwing everything they, they can. But in mass, the, it, it, it seems logical that what they're saying is true. And the reason I say that is uh, the new survey out there of all the media only 4% of the media is conservative or Republican. Oh, yeah. That means that you, uh, out of all the media, you know, the hammer comes down 90, uh, 96% to the left. It's all left rule and say, and you only got a a, a, a 4% counterbalance, yeah. you know, to sit there. And that's that's terrible. That is not fair representation. Of the news, it should be impartial anyway, but it's not fair representation of the news or the uh, or the public uh, opinion that's out there. Representative uh, Chip Roy uh, was asked about the border situation, and he had something to say. Listen, it warms my heart. We've got such great patriots all across South mm-hmm. Texas who are doing their part, trying to hold the line in the complete absence of the federal government. Um, not only the absence, the purposeful abdication of the responsibility to secure the border. There's no other way to put it. It is purposeful. Uh, they are trying to destroy this country by flooding the zone, uh, overrunning the border, making it to where we can't keep up uh, and continue to try to, um, frankly, just let as many people come to this country as possible in total violation of our laws. Um, you know, I, I, I'm taking them back because we've got some Republicans who are coming down to the border in a couple of days, I think on January 2nd, 3rd. Um, and you know, like I applaud Republicans for coming to the border. Check it all out if you haven't seen it. But I got to tell you, I've been on the phone with people like that, and, you know, sheriffs, uh-huh. people of Border Patrol, people on the ground, ranchers who I talk to who are friends. And they're, they're tired of all of the press conferences. They're tired of all the tweets. I'm guilty of it. They're tired of all of the talk 
They want their leaders in Washington to stand up and fight and to actually stop this terrible flood of our border that is causing untold harm. Do you know how many moms I have to talk to have lost their loved ones to fentanyl poisonings? How many ranchers getting overrun? How many communities in Texas? Um, this is such beyond the pale now. You, you can't even make this up, it's so bad. And some, some of my Texas constituents are starting to ask me, what point is there to being a part of the United States of America any longer? Think about that. They're starting to question, why should we even be a part of this country anymore if it's not yeah. going to protect us? You know, and well, I, I think they're right. Yeah, that kind of gets back to our opening conversation. I mean, we've let go of what we were all about. We threw it away. Yep. And, you know, the black swan, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Ted Cruz had something to say about the border, too. Listen. When we were down there, we asked the Border Patrol agents, we said, how many Democrats come down to do this? And they laughed. They said, oh, Democrats don't do this. A couple of Democrats have been to the border. They don't go on midnight patrols. They don't go actually encounter the illegal immigrants. We now know Joe Biden went to the border once. He went to El Paso. And he instructed his advance team, clean all the illegal immigrants out. He said, according to the White House, said he did not encounter a single illegal immigrant when he was there. He only went to a bridge, he met with government officials, and he left. That's deliberate. Look, you can't see what's happening and defend it. The last time we were down there, I had a reporter ask me, said, well, aren't the Democrat policies on immigration much more humane and compassionate? I just started laughing. I said, you know who doesn't believe that anymore? The Democrats. Where's Joe Biden? Where's Kamala Harris? Where's a Democrat senator? Where's Chuck Schumer? If this was humane and compassionate, they'd be holding press conferences down at the border. Look how humane and compassionate we are. You can no longer see the human suffering We had the sheriff of Brooks County bring a binder just with photographs of dead bodies that he finds day after day after day of migrants who died crossing into this country. You can't defend the Biden body bags anymore. So the entire Democrat approach is hide from it, and they're frankly counting on the media. They're counting on the media not to tell the American people what's happening because they have no defense. You know, you asked a minute ago about the supplemental. Understand the White House's strategy here because it's an utter joke. The funding that they call, quote, border security is not designed to reduce even one illegal immigrant. It's not designed to stop even one pound of fentanyl. What it is designed to do is accelerate this process. The Biden administration is asking for more money to process illegal immigrants faster more planes and more buses to send more illegal immigrants to New York City and Washington, D.C. and Chicago and every city in America. They don't want to stop it. And understand, Joe Biden could prevent this tomorrow. When you ask the Border Patrol agents, how do we fix this? They say, look, we don't need more money. We need policy. And here's the policy we need. When we catch someone, follow the law and deport them. And if you do that, the numbers plummet. Right now, when they catch someone, they let them go. And that person gets on their phone, gets on social media, tells all their friends back home, hey, if you come here, you get to stay. That question, it's one question. What happens when someone's apprehended? Do they get sent home or do they stay here? As long as Joe Biden insists the answer is they stay here, that number will keep going up. Children will keep being sexually abused. Women will continue to be raped and people will continue to die of fentanyl drug overdoses. The Democrats can't defend that. That's why they don't go, because they can't answer these questions, and they bear responsibility. You know, the Border Patrol agents, we were asking the kids these questions. One of the things they said to me is they said, you know, the agents have stopped asking. Because they have families, they go home to their kids, and they can't stand the fact that they were just with a bunch of kids who were violently raped by human traffickers. That's happening today, it happened yesterday, it happened the day before, and it will continue happening as long as Joe Biden and the Senate Democrats want it to happen. And then there was President Trump. And he invited everybody in. 
it's like an invasion of our schools, our hospitals. We don't have hospital space. We don't have anything. There's no country where this would be sustainable. There's no country. When I'm reelected, we will tell the foreign nations that sending caravans that all of these caravans that are coming up will not get one more cent of American money. You know, when you explain no money, no anything, no education, we're not going to take care of you better than our vets. You know, they get taken care of with Biden better than our great vets who are living on streets. We had that situation taken care of so well, and now it's right, right back where it started. And for any radical left charity, nonprofit, or so-called aid organization supporting these caravans and illegal aliens, we will prosecute them for their participation in human trafficking, child smuggling, and every other crime we can find. I mean, I, I think what he says is right on the money, but uh, I I don't know how he's going to be able to do it. I mean, think about it. Uh, the number of illegals in our country now exceeds the number, uh, the population numbers in New Jersey, for example, the mm-hmm. 11th, 11th largest state in our country. So how do you move that many people back to where they came from? And they came from all over the world, China. Uh, they came from the Ukraine. They came from Venezuela. They come from the Central American countries. They come from Africa. They come from yeah. Cuba. I mean, how do we move these people back? Well, you know, I have my my ideas. I don't know that you can move them all back, but what we can do is we can identify who they are. And I'm not saying, you know, we're going to follow them around, but say, okay, you know what? Let's go back to our own principles of how you used to have to be sponsored in and learn about this country. And then you had a probation period. Say, okay, you're here. So let's go ahead and uh, the government will sponsor you for two years or 14 months or whatever the time is. But in the meantime, you are going to have to learn about the values of the country, take a test, pass it, and pledge your allegiance. And by the way, if you break the rules, you're out. By the way, if you don't sit there and do your homework and or you don't you don't agree with this, hey, that's fine. Thank you very much. It's time for you to go home. You know, and just we've got to do something. It's amazing how our media treats uh, these people, too. I don't know that you heard about this. Yesterday afternoon, uh, United States Capitol Police officers arrested a man who was carrying a machete and a knife on the east front of the U.S. Capitol. A machete and a knife. Uh, I guess he was compliant when he was approached, and he handed over his knife, and then I guess the police saw that he had a, they saw the handle of the machete, and uh, they called for backup and uh, they arrested the man, and in the story, I mean, buried in this story is the fact that his name is—it's uh, a Hispanic name—and oh, it's Jose Leonardo Marquez. Okay, Jose okay. Leonardo Marquez of no fixed address, which says to me he's probably one of the uh, masses who've crossed into this country illegally. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is happening a lot. You know, I think I mentioned this to you, Bill, a couple of days ago. 16-year-old girl uh, was murdered in her own house in, in her in her bathroom. They found her body in the tub. The mother was out somewhere and said, where's uh, so-and-so, the daughter? Where is she supposed to be here? She said she'd be right here. So she went back home looking for her daughter and found her slaughtered, and that was the result of an illegal who who had broken into the house and attacked her. This wouldn't have happened, by the way, if Joe Biden had maintained the borders, if he had done his job to protect and defend our country from from uh, people from, you know, enemies both foreign and domestic. And when you're coming here illegally, you're breaking the laws, you are an enemy. Whether but some you, of these people... Ahead, Some of these people may not understand that, and Joe is letting that border be open. So you got people that are going, yeah, you know, I want that American dream. I'm coming over, and there's no vetting of you, so you come along. Then you got a guy like that, uh, Jose, whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever, Marquez, who comes over yeah. with a knife and, and a machete. Yeah. Well, you know, in in his defense, I'll say that could have been the tools of his trades. Uh, I'm not going to go into the long story, but when I was in Mexico one time, uh, there was an event that happened in front of uh, a city's capital building, and the workers were out there with their machetes. They, they didn't have mowers and trimmers and lawnmowers like we have. 
They had machetes, and that's what well, they were doing. It was a skill. Odds are, if he thing. came into our country legally, if they'd come across the, through the border, he wouldn't have that machete. He wouldn't knife. have the machete or the knife with him. Yeah, right. So, but I'm just saying, you know, sometimes you see a line going. Yeah, I'm going to get in that line, and then you have the legitimate people, the people that eh, need to be eh. a little bit more vetted, and then you have the illegals, the guys with ill intent. I mean, you you got pictures now, people walking across the border with a backpack that's full of something that's not clothes, and they're carrying an assault rifle. Well, you know, if a guy's a, a trained hunter, is he allowed to bring his his uh, rifle into our country illegally? I mean, uh, because no, that was a tool of his trade. But these are assault rifles, so the government, in one hand, is letting these these people that are of military age walk across the border with assault wa- rifles. But but you, as an American citizen, born naturally here, or you were properly vetted, and you can't have a gun. I'm sorry, you can't defend yourself. Yeah. You can't have a rifle to hunt. You can't have uh, a weapon in your house to to uh, defend your castle. No, but these guys can come across willy nilly with assault rifles. And then, then we see a news article that goes, well, you know, the number one assault in our nation with weapons is happening every day. It's uh, you, the, the innocent people out yeah. there that have guns. You, you don't need guns. But they figured out a way to shaft us. Now they're, I think we talked about this too recently, uh, they're making it uh, the gunpowder that, that is used to make the uh, bullets. Oh, yeah. No more gunpowder. Yeah. He's, he's in short supply, but it's very expensive now. So the cost of ammunition is going to skyrocket. We can't take your guns, so we'll take your bullets. You know, um, you see where Officer Byron Evans and seven Black Capitol police officers sued Brandon Straka and several Trump supporters under the KKK Act for quote mm-hmm. racist end quote attacks on him and seven other police officers on January 6th. Now, now uh, he was being interviewed, this Byron Evans, and in the CNN interview, it was discovered that uh, when the January 6th, quote, insurrection was taking place, the riot that he complained about and why he sued, uh, while that was happening, this guy, Evans, was in a secure and protected location. He admitted that on the CNN interview. He did it uh, casually, so he was actually caught, so to speak. But, uh, you know, he, here's a guy who goes out and sues these people, you know, for doing something racist, and he wasn't even in a, in a situation where he's in any kind of jeopardy. You know, the, the, yeah, this, well, the, you don't hear this stuff on mainstream media. They ignore these stories. And a lot of these protesters out there that are doing violent things are turning the the system around and saying, you know what, the fact that I was attacked and I'm black means, you know, that uh, this is a racist thing. And they have been taught to throw that out there in the face of justice so the tables turn in their direction. And it's not that at all. And that, by the way, that opinion came from a black person that uh, relayed that. So I'm sitting there going, you know, that is true. You know, they're using that as a calling card to get, you know, attention and what they want and turn things around. And let's just take color and race out of it. They're a criminal. And what they did was wrong. And race has nothing to do with it. But there you go. But that's that's the way it is. But, you know, you talk about January 6th, uh, because I know time is running out here. Uh, Jack Smith, he now doesn't want the jury to uh, essentially know for uh, th- that uh, January 6th was a, a setup, yeah. a staged event. He doesn't want uh, them to know about the undercover agents, the dark operatives that right. were in in action there on January 6th because then they would realize, wait a minute, this, yeah. <laughs> this wasn't an insurrection. Smith this wants, was a setup. Yeah, he wants to prevent President Trump from blaming provocateurs, that's the term, and undercover agents for the January 6th Capitol riot. They, they, by the way, he doesn't want Trump to be able to say this, this at his rallies mm-hmm. or, or say it in public and in interviews because he thinks it will sway the jury. He's calling it a form of jury tampering. Think about this. This guy, by the way, is desperate right now. Smith, yeah. you know, uh, he's and, throwing the kitchen sink. 
Yeah, and you know what? You know, this all gets back to the election deniers. Trump never wanted to deny the election. Uh, you know, he always wanted to de deny the election, thinking, no, they say that he didn't win. Well, let's go back, because during that time, Dominion machines were in question and were proven to be uh, used to rig elections down in South America. But let's say whatever, and they were in bankruptcy. So... Let's not forget that. They were in disarray. They were used for ill intent. Now comes the story of the uh, Georgia Secretary of State refusing to testify under oath yeah. about Dominion voting machines in Georgia. Now, why the hell yeah. would the Georgia Secretary of State say, uh, no, I'm not going to answer that this question. Is, this is Raffensperger. And, this is the, uh, the guy who... This is huge because yeah. that means that draws in the question... Dominion and the machines and the fact that maybe there was something uh, wrong with the election there. And if it was wrong there, now let's go to Minnesota. Let's go to Wisconsin. Well, hell, let's just take all of them. Well, if I got it, if I got it right, Bill Heisman ordered Raffensperger has already the order has been issued that the, the, the that the the people have a right to interview him about the elections and the machines and uh, how they, they operate and how uh, mm -hmm. what kind of legalities were used to install them in the system. And he doesn't want to – he's refusing. I don't know how you – see, that happens a lot on the left. Uh, I point in case to Hunter Biden, right? Uh, he gets mm -hmm. a, he gets a uh, subpoena to in, appear in front of Congress, and he says, no, no, I'm not going to do it. Now, because they haven't, they haven't enough people in place – that they can do this. They, they are really not people that have total, you know, authority, but there's enough of them there that they're going, okay, if we can't get it to this judge, get it to that judge. That's one of our guys. No, that's one of our gals over there. They have put people in place. It's not that there aren't, uh, you know, people that are Republican appointees too, but when you look at appointees, there are more Democrats than there are Republicans or people of center or conservative values. So, you know, do you want justice to, to prevail? Not a not a snowball's chance in hell that that's going to happen. Yeah, uh, a lot of people think you hear this this theory being put out there a lot now that that uh, Joe is going to probably uh, remove himself from the political stage in February. This Absolutely is what I heard. Absolutely not. Uh, and and they, they also say that uh, in, because his party doesn't want him to be their candidate, by the way. That's why uh, that's he— That's true. But the so thing, is it going to be Newsom? But here's the thing. That's you know, Who knows? But it could be Hillary again for all we know. But uh, Joe is—this the, theory says that the only way he's going to do that is if he gets a chance to pardon himself and his son— Complete pardons for himself and him son, making him immune from any prosecution down the road. You know, and also Hunter, and all I'm sure his his entire family too. You know, Jim and all the other people that got money from the uh, uh, illegal uh, doings of this guy. Uh, I I don't know whether that's going to happen, but uh, that is well, something you know, that's that being talked about. You know, here's a wild card thought. Only I would think of it. Mm -hmm. Let's say that uh, Biden pulls that off and he gets a pardon for him and his son. You know, he does a pardon. Right. You know, uh, you know, and everybody wants to go after Trump on, on everything, you know, because um, I don't think he's guilty of anything. Absolutely not. But let's just say that he got pushed into a corner. He could say, you know, I pardoned myself. Well, when did you pardon yourself? Well, I did it in my mind. I did it in a prayer, a presidential prayer. You know, but either way, it's a pardon, right? Well, isn't that what Trump supposedly Trump said he uh, he uh, declassified a bunch of documents? Yeah, and so uh, if th Joe they're saying he can't it do it. But he, yeah, and you know, wh when does power begin and when does power end? And uh, you know, and the mere fact that if you think of something, and that's the question. And Democrats have gotten away. Well, I thought about it, so therefore it is. Well, then that means that Trump thought about it while he was in office. He probably thought about everything going, yeah, if we ever get to that point, you know, um, I, I, I will pardon myself. I, you know, that's exactly what I'm going to do. The fact that he thought about it is a pardon. Well, uh, I'll tell you. 
it, it is a, a lot to think about on today's program. Uh, so much is going on. Uh, we have to pay attention to what's happening. You know, Trump mentioned, and I forgot really to go into this, but mm-hmm. I, I, di- I didn't realize that uh, the Iranians, through their uh, subordinates, had it, you know, with all these attacks in the Middle East on Syrian U.S. bases in Syria, I didn't realize that we lost a, one of our soldiers. One of them died during one of these attacks. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the mainstream media is not making a big deal of it. They're not talking oh, about no. it. It's been like 100 or 100 plus attacks uh, on our people in Syria and, and neighboring areas. And uh, they don't do anything. They don't talk about it because it, it reflects badly on the current administration, which well, is essentially is, doing nothing. It's because that uh, by their own accounting, by the way, 96% of the media is left. It's compromised. So, therefore, you do not have. Uh, unbiased uh, opinion out there in news. It is biased, and it's left-leaning, 96%. So take that and chew on it for a while. Uh, Interesting little number here, and I'll just throw it out there. If you wonder how big the LGBTQ uh, 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 population is, apparently it is about 5% of the population, and that's it. Now, in blue states, it might be a little bit more. But it's a voting base. Now, they say it's 14 million people. I'm going, well, those numbers I don't think quite match, but they're they're throwing these numbers out there. But 5% and true LGBTQ people, uh, they count the number, you know, gay people. They count it actually lower than that. But they do say these are people that identify are not necessarily LGBTQ at 14 million but they identify as an 18 to or uh, what is it 18 to 24 or 12 to 24 year olds identify as LGBTQ. You know, An identify means well, you know, if you identify, yeah, I, uh, you get perks. Yeah, you know, I'll just leave it at that. Bill, the thing is, though, in my opinion, uh, the perceived uh, chaos that we've seen recently over the past few years. With that, uh, the LGBTQ uh, community and trans and all this stuff, I think that that's been created uh, as a distraction. Because I, I distraction. mean, most of, uh, you and I both worked in media, okay? A- and I have friends who uh, were of that persuasion, and they kept their social life to themselves, and I kept my personal life to myself, and. And we worked well together and uh, never had a problem. It never was an issue. Uh, As but- the way it should be. Your, your, your sexuality is, has no business in the workplace well, if or I in wanted politics. To, if I went into many of these radio stations I worked in back, some of these big companies owned it, if I went in and flaunted my sexuality and talked about that all the time, they would have fired me. But yet it, nowadays it's like a badge of honor to wear, oh, it, yeah. to wear it around. And I think it's it's a distraction. We talked about uh, distractions on other programs, and I think mm. I truly believe that the left, uh, part of the deep state, a part of their whole operation, their modus operandi, is to keep the masses distracted so they don't see what they're really doing to them. You know, and uh, that's my own humble yeah. opinion. But my friend, we have done it again. Another show in the can. Uh, our number here is eight three three five three eight seven eight six eight. Eight three three five three eight seven eight six eight. Mail at it's another day.com. Mail at Jim and Bill.com and Jim and Bill at mail.com. So now you know how to get us and how to hear us too. I say that because I noticed uh, posting shows yesterday. Like I said, I had no internet here, and the internet I'm using is coming off of my uh, cell device because in this location, uh, the guy hasn't arrived yet to, to set it up yeah. and wire it in. But either way, when I went to go post everything on our own Facebook page, that for it's another day dot or for it's another day, the Facebook page, right, right, where a lot of people go and get the show, it said that there are complaints that uh, that we're talking about things that uh, people have complained <laughs> about. So you know, if you're a liberal that goes to uh, it's another day. Uh, Facebook page, get the hell off. You're not welcome. Well, he, if he's, you're a he's the thing. Goes to Bill, CNR America, Bill, what have get we, the hell off. We've been doing this for over uh, 500 episodes and a, a bunch of other programs. So yeah. let, let's say let's say close to 10,000 or 8,000 episodes of, of the program. Never have we had 
uh, a, a problem with uh, any of our listeners. Uh, uh, we haven't. I haven't seen complaints. To be on peace, we haven't changed how we talk to right. our listeners. It's not like all of a sudden recently we decided to go in a different direction and add different characters to our program. We've been doing this type of program for over two years now, and uh, people know what they're well. going to get from us. Yeah, that's true. Well, you know, maybe we need a TikTok name or a Facebook name, you know, like the one you mentioned earlier, Cat Turd. Uh, I have one for us. Wait, what's that? I have one for us. Go ahead. Well, no, I don't want to mention it right now because I'll tell it to you off off thing and I was no one would know what it is until they looked it up. Okay. And it's only the only reason I say that as a kid going up growing up, uh, you know, I'm of German background and my uncle, very rich uncle, had a speedboat. And he had uh, three of them. Uh-huh. And it was this name number one, this name number two, and this name number three. And I'll tell you what that name okay. is afterwards. Yeah, I've hold mine here. Uh, Listen. Yes, uh, you'll, you'll, with, you'll learn it uh, soon. With that, be, with that being said, uh, we missed this yesterday. Uh, uh, I, yes. I, I didn't even attempt oh. to do it. So uh, without any further ado, uh, Mr. One, Bill Knight. Yes, and you know, I did notice watching a soap opera and uh, another show. There were two uh-huh. particular shows uh, that my uh, uh, friend and I were watching TV, and uh, uh-huh. you know, she kind of looked at me and I looked at her because uh, the woman on there said in a very subdued, mild voice, but I won't do it the way that she did it. Hasta la vista, baby! We're out of here! The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million?